Grace and peace. God bless you. Welcome back to Soteria Prophetic Ministries. I'm going to be your teacher for the next few moments. My name is Apostle Dr. Delisa, and we are still talking about the relationship series. I'm probably going to be talking about this for a long time because what I found out is that we, as a people of God, have mastered somewhat the art of churchianity um, and Christianese and all of those byproducts of living by faith. We know how to shando. We know how to shout. We know when to get up. We know when to sit down. We understand the theatrics that goes along with, with this walk. But when it comes to um, confronting and facing challenges in our relationships, I've, I've found that we stumble. Um, and this can pertain to church relationships, your family relationships, your romantic relationships, your workplace, marketplace, community, certainly the government relationships. Um, these uh, topics that we're going to be sharing with you can be applied to a wide variety of circumstances that you may find yourself in. So don't get locked into just the message speaking to one area. It may be speaking to several areas um, of of your life. So, you know, just be open to what the Holy Spirit is doing and um, continue to, to um, you know, chime in and um, continue to listen because the Spirit of God is speaking. God wants us to be healthy and God is concerned about the whole man. You know, yeah, he wants us to prosper and be in health, but he's even as our souls prosper. And so that soul of the man speaks to his heart, mind, his emotions, feelings, the emotional realm, all of that. Your spirit is good. You, Your spirit has been, um, you've been bought with the price and Jesus Christ should possess your spirit and you should be manifesting the fruits of the spirit and you should be walking in some of the gifts of the spirit. So your spirit should be fine, right? But it's the soul. It is the soul of a man that is often troubled and perplexed. And so that's what we need to, to uh, confront and bring it under subjection so that we don't hinder what the Spirit of God wants to do in us. Amen. So I'm still talking about the relationship between Jethro and Moses. And this is coming out of Exodus chapter 18. And I'm going to, for some reason, I just feel like I want to go to the very beginning. Um, because I just can't get this thing out of my spirit. I just can't get it out of my spirit in terms of um, what that relationship looked like and how Moses was able to prosper under Jethro's uh, authority or under his mentoring or under his tutelage, Moses was able to prosper. And so, you know, many times we find ourselves wondering, well, God, you know, why haven't you sent this person? Why, why had, um, who, why haven't you sent anyone to help me? And that's a good question because knowing God and knowing that he's a provider. And many times we look at that in terms of finances, but God also provides, I call it in my line of work, human resources or human wealth, human capital. In other words, God has put people in your life. Many times we overlook them. We discount them because they don't come the way we want them to. They're not wrapped in the package that we expect, then that's why so many missed Jesus when he came because they were expecting a king, you know, a valiant king like Saul was and like Solomon and like David. And Jesus came homeless. You know, he came riding through Jerusalem on the back of a borrowed donkey. He he walked the streets of Jerusalem. He 
fraternize with, you know, uh, people that we, many would consider of low estate. And so folks just could not wrap their hands around their heads around the fact that he's the Messiah. He's the one sent. And they just couldn't. They couldn't get it. They stumbled. And we find that today that we're asking God for help. We're asking God for help in business. We're asking God for help in relationships. We're asking God for help in ministry. We're asking God for help in other areas and ventures. And then when God sends help, we can't discern or we um, abuse the help, such as what Saul did to Samson, excuse me, um, Samuel, he abused his help. He took advantage of his help. And so I think that some of us probably want to sit down and think about that. Again, I was talking about this in a previous podcast about the art of thinking. We need to practice the art of thinking because some of us have frustrated our help and people that God has sent, you know, and um, because they're not doing what we want them to. They're not. I had one apostle who was very dear to me. Um, We spoke several years ago. And he made a comment about his apostle and his apostle is a man who is productive in the kingdom. This man is, you know, uh, what's the word I want to use? He's in high demand, if I can say that. He's loyal and faithful to the call on his life. He's a family man. He's got ministry. He's got so many things. He's got, you know, plenty of other sons and daughters and mentees and and, and things that God has called him to. He's, you know, he has great uh, uh, sound work that he does in his own community. So, I mean, this man's apostle is not one (laughs) that is home watching the paint dry. This, his man of God is doing it. You know, I mean, he is, you talk about industrious, he's all over the place. He's, you know, everybody knows him and, and he's doing great, tremendous things. But my friend apostle, um, who served under this other apostle was frustrated. And he and I had a conversation years ago and he said, you know what, woman of God, he said, I'm thinking about, um, uh, what was the word he used? I'm thinking about, well, for the lack of a better word, coming out from under, um, my man of God. And I said, why? And he said, well, when I call him, he's always busy. You know, I can't get him to come to my church, um, you know, on a regular basis. And in other words, he just felt like my friend just felt as if his apostle, his man of God didn't care, didn't, you know, wasn't concerned, was irresponsible. You know what I'm saying? An absent father, whatever. And so later on into the conversation, I want you all to hear me very well. And I don't know why the spirit of God is taking me here. Um, but later on into the conversation, as we continue to talk, because I I, I know his apostle. And I'm like, are you sure? You know, because I'm, we all feel some kind of way, you know, when you don't get what you expect, what have you. We know we're human and we're going to feel some kind of way, regardless of what your call is. But I said, your man of God is amazing. He's, you know, just to sit under that mantle would be enough for me. Right. And but he was like, no, I just feel like, you know, he's not, you know, he's not. And and <laughs> praise God. And so um, I, you know, then so I continued to probe the therapist in me, continued to probe the conversation because I'm like, OK, where is this coming from? You know what I'm saying? And then later on in the conversation, he disclosed the fact that he and his own father didn't have a close relationship. 
And I was like, wow. And so then, you know, hey, I explored it because the door opened. I walked through it. And I said, so what I'm hearing is I had to put my therapist cap on. I said, so what I'm hearing is you're expecting from your apostle what you never got, what you never received from your own father. And, you know, and it was he was like, wow, yeah, I guess I guess, you know, I guess you're right. And I was like, "Okay, is that fair? You know, is that fair to your man of God or woman of God, if that's your case or whoever's case, you know, to expect from them what you wanted from your own natural parent? And so, you know, I don't want to go too deep in that because that's probably another topic or, or, you know, I don't want to trigger anybody. But, you know, we we have to be mindful when I say that we don't want to frustrate our help is that sometimes we expect so much from um, these helpers or mentors, you know, or leaders or whoever your person is. We expect them to come in and just fix my life. You know, we want them to fix my kids, fix my husband, fix my wife, fix my finances, help me start my business. I mean, (laughs) it's like just fix everything, you know, and and, and you have to put things in perspective because you're going to you're going to you're going to come up short. I'm just saying you're going to come up short. You're going to come up frustrated. I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't even know why I'm going here because I'm supposed to be talking about Jethro Moses. But if this is what you need to hear, here goes God. You really want to reevaluate that because what you can do, if you continue to apply pressure in a relationship that is not built to carry that, um, you can suffer great, tremendous loss. You can suffer great, tremendous loss expecting from, and we often say this, quit expecting from man what you can only get from God. But I've found this, it has happened to me in ministry God has given me a mothering spirit. I've had a mother spirit since I was a child. <laughs> you know, that's just God just gave me a maternal um, spirit. And so and it, people way older than me. I mean, so age has nothing to do with this. It's just the spirit. Right. There's no age in, or distance in the realm of the spirit. But I would find I used to, you know, have these conversations with people where they they would call me mom or mother or what have you. And it's OK. I get it because I understand that. Right. Um But at the same time, I have to understand that I'm not your natural mother. You know, I, I, God is like Paul said, I have um, begotten you in the spirit. That's what he told Timothy. I'm not your natural father. I begot you in the realm of the spirit, right? I adopted you as a son. I adopted you as a daughter. And so in that there, there, there's the, the, um, Uh, what I want to call, I don't want to say the documentation of what that looks like, but in other words, there is a responsibility that I have for you. And there's a responsibility that you have for me, but there are also boundaries that we can't cross. You know, I have some of my spiritual daughters who are dating and they'll say, Hey mom, what do you think about so-and-so? And I'm like, honey, live your life. You know, you got the spirit of God. You can hear God. It's not my job to choose your mate for you. And and so you you can see where those lines can get blurred. Now some spiritual parents bring them here. Let me see them. I gotta run the background. And listen, I and I joke like that sometimes too. But at the end of the day, they know me by my spirit, and they know that if you're happy, if this is who you say God is placed in your life, and they're treating you fine, I'm good. Because at the end of the day, you have to live with that decision, not me. Right. So there are lines that we don't want to blur. Um. You know, we we don't want to get so involved in people's lives to where it becomes um, that relationship is contaminated and polluted. 
But the Bible talks about flies in the ointment, right? So you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to land flies in the ointment. You don't want to contaminate the oil. You don't want to contaminate relationships. So you've got to know your place. Remember, we talked about that in a previous podcast about seating arrangements. You got to know where your seat is. And so just because, let me just say this, if you're in leadership, you've got to know how far you can go. I, I knew um, a, a, a leadership team who um, would call a fast for the entire church and tell the husbands and wives you can't have sex, you know, on this fast. You don't you can't do that. That you that is a boundary you don't get to cross. Right. You don't get to cross that boundary. You say you call the church on a fast, but then you also admonish the married couples. Hey, you all need to communicate among each other what that's going to look like in your house so that you don't overstep those boundaries. We're still talking about relationships because this is how we ruin relationships. This is how many walk away hurt, wounded on both sides, both the mentor and mentee, because you've got the mentee pulling like my friend. He's looking for his dad. Right. And his dad has long since passed away that what he was looking for in his natural relationship will never be never. And so we've got to learn how to accept what we can't change. But instead of him accepting that, he's looking at his apostle who is his spiritual father. But he's he he's expecting his spiritual father to call him every day, send him birthday cards, take him out of dinner. And that's not what that relationship uh, is, 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 is has the capacity for. And so you're going to expect something from if you're going to expect something from somebody, then that needs to be articulated. Say, hey, you know, at the beginning of the relationship, this is what's important to me. And if that's not what we're doing, then, you know, maybe, you know, what I'm saying those are things that you need to articulate. This is what I need out of a relationship. It's important to me to hear from you every Thursday. It's important for me to for you to shout out my appreciation or come to my weekly, monthly, whatever, you know, you need to communicate and not just assume that someone knows what you need. So to make a long story short with that, um, my friend, uh, is still submitted to that apostle, but their relationship is strained and, and that apostle is still doing the work because he can't come down because you're frustrated over wanting a daddy. You know, and I'm not saying that to make it light. I'm just saying that 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 happens, um, people of God, is that when we're in relationships and that's a ministry relationship. But the same can apply in a romantic relationship, business partnership, where we're looking for something out from someone and that relationship doesn't carry the weight for that. That's not what that's for. In a romantic relationship, as I've counseled many couples and singles and all of that, and, and sometimes the conversation comes up. Well, you know, my dad wasn't there. And so they're trying to find a mate who's not just a mate, but also their father, a surrogate father. And and so it's, you, you have to just be careful to not put so much weight on a relationship that it doesn't move. So there are certain relationships that can't grow. Not that there's no destiny, but it's too heavy. It's too heavy. It's so emotionally laden. And it's so emotionally burdened to where, you know, God put y'all together in whatever capacity, but you can't really move. <laughs> you can't really do anything because and I'll say with the relationship with David and Saul, God indeed put those two together. David was to learn from Saul. David was to learn the, the, the art of warfare. You know, he had he learned it on the level in the wilderness, but he needed to learn it in the level on that kingdom level. 
And so you got to be mindful of that. There are some people who can introduce you to greater skill sets on different levels. And so that's what Saul represented to David is I'm going to show you the ways of the kingdom and allow you opportunities to grow on this level. Okay, you've been faithful in the few things. Now God is making you ruler in many things. And so God gave that opportunity to David through Saul and David served Saul faithfully, fought for him. Even when Saul tried to undermine him, David was never disloyal. David was never, he never betrayed him. But there was so much weight on that relationship because Saul was filled with his own demons. And so even though that was a destiny relationship, it was heavy. And it was filled with, God knows, it was filled with stuff, right? And it happens. And so when you have relationships like that, you've got to be a man like David. You better be somebody who knows how to pray and somebody who knows how to worship. You've got to put those two formulas together. You know, you got to put, you got to be a prayer warrior and a worshiper if you're in a relationship like that. So let me give you a few nuggets out of Jethro and, Ex- and um, Moses. So I won't uh, deviate too far from what I want to talk about. But um, it, it, the Bible says that Jethro went to visit Moses. And this is Exodus 18, verse 1. Jethro went to visit Moses. Jethro took Zipporah, took the two children to see Moses. And I, I, wanted, I just kind of pondered there as I was meditating this morning because even though Moses sent um, Zipporah and the two sons back home to Jethro, you know, Jethro could have taken up cause with that man. What do you mean? You sending my wife, sending my daughter, my two, my grandsons back. You won't check on them. You so-and-so. So, but you know, Jethro understood that there's a work that you need to do. And so I'm going to go ahead and cover your family. I'm going, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to mistreat you. I'm not going to speak down, um, to your family concerning you. I'm going to continue to support. I'm going to continue to provide and cover them while you do this work. And so it was at the time that Jethro felt in his spirit because Moses didn't send word to Jethro, but Jethro felt in his spirit. It's time to visit. It's time for Moses to reconnect with his wife and his sons. Even if it's for a short period of time, Jethro understood the responsibility of reconnecting that family. And so my point that I want to pull out before I, before I let you go is um, that to have a good leader, to have a good mentor, to have a good um, authoritative person is not so much someone who um, is concerned about you, but they're also concerned about your family. You know, they're not just in it with you to get what they can get out of it. But this person, if they have a heart, if God truly gave them the heart for you, God is going to also give them the heart for your family and times where you may not be able to minister to your family or really, you know what I'm saying? Understand your family dynamics. God is, has graced them even for that. And so with Jethro, Jethro, he said, listen, you got a great work. Now, you know, yeah, we we'll, later on, we'll get into the conversation where Jethro is like, hey, man, you're taking too much on yourself. You need to drain some help. You know, we talked about that. You need to get somebody to help you. But here we find out that um, Jethro wasn't just concerned for Moses and Moses's leadership style or the flock that Moses was leading. But Jethro was also concerned for his family. And so Jethro knew it's time for you and your family to reconnect. 
right? It's time for you to spend some time with your wife. It's time for you to, you know, sometimes those Jethro's would, they will bring those, they'll send you a reality check. Like, hey, all right, you've been all over the world preaching. It's time for you to spend time with your family. It's time, you know, I have a mentor who does that. You know, it's time, you know, you make sure you take some time for yourself. Make sure you, you know what I'm saying? And so again, those are good, healthy relationships as opposed to, well, I need you to be at my conference next week, or I need you to show up to this meeting and then I need you to travel with me here. And then I need you. I mean, they're so busy and pulling you, pulling you, pulling you to where they don't understand that you also have people connected to you. And so those good, healthy relationships, romantic ministry, business, friend, family, they're not just going to be concerned about you, but they're also going to be concerned about who you're called to or who's called to you, rather, who's connected to you. They don't just want to see you succeed and do well, but they're also concerned about who's connected. Is your family doing okay? How's your husband? How's your wife doing? How are the kids? I mean, they may not know them by name and know the grade that they're in or know their social and birth date of birth. I mean, you know what I'm saying? They may not be, you know, into the details like that, but you will see them exhibit genuine concern. And that's how you're going to know that you've got somebody who really cares as opposed to, you know, them acknowledging you and they don't acknowledge what you, you know, those who can, who are connected to you. So, because if you care for me, you also going to care for those I care about. Now, like I said, I'm not expecting you to come to my house and take my kids to Chuck E. Cheese or, or what have you. But what I'm saying is if, if this is a true, authentic, genuine relationship, then you're going to, you're going to be concerned about me. Like Jesus said, cast your cares on me because I care for you. You're going to have someone who genuinely cares for you. And and as I get ready to leave you with that thought, I want to also say this, that when you have those kinds of people, then you need to reciprocate that. You know, whatever that looks like, you need to reciprocate. I appreciate you caring for me. I appreciate you coming to see me. I appreciate you like my mentor. I appreciate you checking on me and saying, hey, uh, apostle, when was the last time you took a break? When was the last time you, you know, <laughs> my best friend, uh, when we're going to the beach, when we, you need to get away, you know, you know, it, it, they, they're, they are those voices who are not just concerned about how awesome you are and when is the next book coming out and when is the next conference, but they're also concerned about your spiritual, your mental health, your behavior, your, your physical health. They want to, know, are you okay? You, this is, you got a lot going on. When, when are you going to take a break? Or they may say, hey, here's $1,000. I need you to uh, go out of town for a week. All expense paid. I've had people do that. They will send a seat. Here is X amount of money. Please go on a break. It's paid for. Here's, I've had people tell me, hey, hey here's dinner. Uh, many of my spiritual sons know this. Mom, here's dinner. Don't cook tonight. You know what I'm saying? Take a break. Go, go. I've had people. I mean, and, and because they appreciate that that care, you know, you're caring for them. Apostle Paul said this. He said, if I minister to you out of my spiritual things, should you not minister to me out of your physical things? You know what I'm saying? In other words, if you're receiving benefit out of this relationship, should it not be mutual? Should you not minister back to me? I'm not saying that because we have those who put a cash app and a hashtag on everything they do. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about genuine relationships that are are beneficial. Both parties are giving. And that's in anything. You want a relationship to work. Both parties give. 
you know, two people, two or whatever, two or more, they're giving, they're exchanging. It's not one-sided. I need you. Can you pray for me? I need you right now. Can you come? And then you don't hear from them until I need you again. Can you, you know what I'm saying? That's going to be a heavy relationship. And you're not going to be able to really reap the fruit that God intended from that because you're abusing it. And then at some point, God is going to say, you know what? Walk away. Like he told, he told Saul, Saul and Sam, uh, uh, Samuel had a one way relationship, one handed relationship. Samuel is, is ordaining and training and equipping and raising and supporting and doing everything that God called him to do, even at the expense of his own sons, his own family. Nobody talks about that. Samuel's family suffered. And that's another thing. Many times we don't see the cost that others have paid to be that person for us. We don't consider 11 o'clock phone calls and that the person gets up and they're late for work the next day or they forget to pack their lunch and they go, they're working all day with nothing to eat. But they answer that call at 11 o'clock. They 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 rush to the hospital. You know what I'm saying? So we, we really have to, again, practice the art of thinking. You know, the Bible talks about how in the last days people will be ungrateful, unthankful, um, traitors, haters of those that are good. And you'll find people like that. They, they want everything from you, but you can hardly expect anything from them. And that's a, and the Bible said an unjust weight is an abomination. God hates it. Every relationship, if you if you say that God has blessed that relationship, God has ordained that relationship. And again, this is marriage, romance, friendship, family, church, business, community, government, whatever that thing looks like. If it's if you're the one pulling, pulling, pulling and you're not giving, God is not pleased with that. If you're the one giving, giving, giving and they're taking, taking, taking God is not. That's not the way God designed it. That is not the way God designed it. So we want to practice the art of thinking. We want to take time to um, consider what's happening in our relationships and look at it because we can say all day how the devil, all oh, the devil is attacking my house. The devil is attacking my marriage. The devil is attacking my finances. De- and we, you know, we, we do that, don't we? We do that. But at the end of the day, have we stopped and said, okay, have I been loyal Have I been faithful? Have I been consistent? Or am I that one that, you know, I'm expecting too much from this relationship? I'm not putting my best effort into it or I'm 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 distrustful. The last relationship hurt me. So now I'm going to make this person pay for what the last person did. Is that fair? Matter of fact, my message this Sunday um, is going to talk about that because we're talking about relationships. So I'm going to let you go. That was food for thought. Food for thought. I look forward to your comments and your feedback. But um, yeah, just some things that um, we as the body of Christ need to, we need to think about. We need to think about and be careful about how we treat people. Be careful about how we receive people. Be careful about how we um, acknowledge our help. Be careful about how um, we, be careful about the expectations. Because what you're expecting from a person is it wrong for them to expect the same thing from you? Right. And I mean, it's just it's just an honest question. <laughs> so just a little thought to stir you up a little bit today. So we pray that we've said something to be a blessing to you, get you to think, get you to search your heart, get you to search scripture. 
and think about your relationships so that we can all grow together and do the great things that God has called us to. Amen. So we love you. (laughs) We pray that the peace of God and the grace of our father will rest upon you and be with you henceforth and forevermore. I look forward to spending time with you in our next session. Until then, grace and peace. God bless you.